0: So I was thinking about, you know, hey, trying to come up with a a catchy title for this, for this sermon, you know, like, hey, what, you know, something that people remember, and I was like, uh, how do you like your yoke? I was like, I talked to my wife about it, she was like, uh, no, that's not gonna work, you know, like, it's a little dry, I said, okay, well, I just said, okay, well, you know what, let me just not get fancy, let's just make it simple, which yoke do you want? Now, this will make more sense a little bit later. Now, yolk, we're not talking about eggs, but I'm, it's, it's really which yolk do you want? And what we're gonna simply go is, is to Matthew chapter 11 and we'll look at verse 28 and we'll go down to verse 30. We're just gonna read that. And primarily, we're pretty much gonna stay there, okay? We're just gonna trust God that he will speak to us. You may have heard this teaching before, you know, these, this minister before, but I want you to stay connected and listen to what God is really saying here. Okay, uh, let me get over there myself. Woo-hoo. So that's Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight through thirty. I'm going to read the King James, and this is Jesus speaking, and it says, "Come unto me, all ye that are all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me." For I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, have you ever heard that scripture before? Have you ever seen it before? You know, it's, yeah, you've seen it before. But I begin to look at it and just really let the Lord minister to me what it is that he's saying. And he started off with three words. He says, come unto me. Like, hold on. Why? With everything that's in the Bible, why would Jesus say these three words? Come unto me, or come to me. Now, we know that every word that God speaks is an anointed word, right? It's a powerful word. So, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, well, if he's saying come unto me, there must be something else there. Let me ask you this. When you encountered a problem before, have you ever went to a friend? Let me see if you can show hands,
1: right.
0: Have you uh, ever went to a family member? What about maybe to somebody you admire, you know, a mentor or a coach, have you ever went to them? What about have you ever went to food when you were stressed? Some dessert, you know, some sweet potato, some pecan pie? So, okay, come on, hold on, it's just getting close to Thanksgiving, all right, right? You know, but people go to a lot of different things. You know, you hear people saying now, you know, the universe said, right? There's people who go to psychics. Yeah, come on, think about it, it's it's on TV, right? Hey, call this number, right? The reason they're doing that, because people are calling. If no one was calling, they wouldn't be going, There's people who go to drugs, people who go to to alcohol, people who smoke. People go to all sorts of things. But what Jesus is saying is, come to me. See, the reasons why he's saying, come to me, is because he can do something about it. (laughs) He's the one who can do something about everything. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is that you're challenged with, what you're faced with, what's stressing you out, what's been going on in life. Jesus is the one who can actually handle it. Who, you all believe that? Okay. So, you know, something else that people will say when they're stressed, when they're under pressure is, God, don't you care? Do you care what's going on with me? Well, if there was really a God, he would be helping right now. I've done all this and it's not working. Well, the reason why it may not be working is that you haven't come to him. It's not just believing God, but it's coming to God. So this is the same thing happened. I remember in the Bible, it's in uh, Mark chapter four, and Jesus tells the disciples, let's go to the other side. So now, you know, when Jesus says it, he actually, when he says something, he actually means it. He said, let us go to the other side. So they get in the boat and they go, and Jesus, he goes to sleep. He's a good sleep. I'm talking about, you know, he he probably was snoring. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was a good sleep. And then the Bible says that that a storm arose, meaning that it came from out of nowhere. Big storm. Now, something about this storm that was different is that this storm began to fill the the boat with water. And Jesus is still asleep. Now, this is after Jesus has just taught the disciples. He had this great message. And then it got to the point the disciples are so pressured. They're so full of fear. They're so in, 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 in surrounded with fear that they actually go to Jesus and they says, and they awoke him. They awake him. They didn't say, hey, Jesus. That's not what they did. They are afraid for their lives. What they actually did is they said, Jesus, they, sh- they shake him up like resurrection, right? And notice the, the next words that he says is this, don't you care? People are saying, Jesus, don't you care? With the coronavirus, people are saying, God, don't you care? See, we have an enemy that's out there. That's the same one who caused that storm to happen. But something Jesus did was, it says he rebuked the winds and the waves. In other words, Jesus can do something about it. So now again, we're talking about, Jesus says, come unto me. Well, there's another scripture that has the same heart, but it's said differently. And it said this way, cast your cares on me because I care for you. So once and once for all, let's settle this issue. Does God care? Yes. Because he's saying, cast your cares upon me. He's saying, don't, don't gently put them up there. I don't want you to arrange them nicely. He said, just throw them on me. Just throw them on me. Come on, just just throw them on me. Just throw it on me. You don't even have to get that close. Just throw it. Just heave it. I got it. In other words, I can carry the load. I'm strong enough. I'm big enough. I can carry the load. So what I love about that scripture, looking back again at uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So Jesus is not picking and choosing people. Jesus is saying, whosoever will, let them come. See, the world wants to say that, oh, the Christians, you're intolerant. Why can't you accept me for me? God is saying, Jesus said himself, whosoever will, let him come. He just said here again, come unto me. And then he said, all that labor and are heavy laden, it says, and I will give you rest. Now, when you look at this word labor, it's not going to work a nine to five. You know, I went in there, the boss worried me. I had to work eight and a half hours. They call it overtime. Oh my goodness. Oh, you know, how many of you remember the Jetsons and George Jetson is there. He's pushing his, pushing his computer buttons and then his fingers like all swollen up like, oh, the boss was a slave driver today. <laughs> he's not saying this type of labor. What he's saying is this type of labor is the most intense labor. It's the labor that takes every bit of your fiber of your being. It takes everything that you have day after day after day after night after day after week after month after month. After month, after month, after year, after year, after year, after year, after year, after decade, after decade, after decade, after decade. decade, You're constantly exerting everything you have with every fiber that's in you continually. So what he's saying is this. All that labor. Okay.
1: After day. After day. After day. After
0: day. After night and day. After week. After week. After week. After week. After month. After month. After year. After year.
1: After year. After decade. After decade. After decade.
0: After decade. After decade. decade. And then it said, and heavy laden meaning that you can't take any more and then someone comes and drops this on you oh this too and you just break down you're done i can't do this anymore i'm finished that said i didn't try I didn't try to move this. It won't move. I know my assignment is to move it from here to there, but I can't do it. I've tried. Jesus, I've tried. Don't you care? And then you have the audacity to bring me something else and say, oh, this too? Where you at, Jesus? it's in that moment it's in that moment this pushing this striving and you realize you can't do it by yourself that Jesus walks over he lifts you up thank you and then ah, he gives you something he gives you Rest. And this rest here, it means take a break. It means take a breather. It means take some refreshing. It means
1: have a hiatus.
0: It means Hey. Go away for a while. And then come back. Jesus is saying that he would give us rest. Some of us been laboring with the sickness. Some of us been dealing with a marriage, and you're like, Lord, I've been doing everything. I just can't take another thing. So much during this pandemic, you've been like, Lord, I, I can't find work. It's not that I did anything wrong. Where, where's the supplies at? I don't want to just. I don't want stuff just given to me. I want to. I want to contribute. I want to do something. Whatever that thing's been that you've been laboring doesn't matter how long it's been. If it's been hours, if it's been a day. If it's been a week or a month, year, five years, ten years, it does not matter. God is saying to you right now, and you may have known this before. You may have given it to him before, but then you turned around and took it back. But what he's saying to you is, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. The one thing that God will not do is override your will. As powerful as he is, as strong as he is, he's all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent. He's the eternal God, but he will not override your will. Bring it to me. This is a song I, I heard, and it's, 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 I love it. It says,
1: Turn it over, turn it over. It's much too heavy for you. You can't carry the weight so give me your hurt and heartache turn it over turn it over it's much too heavy for you you can't carry the weight so give me your hurt Can carry the load He can handle it He can carry the weight So give him your hurt and heartache Oh, turn Let's make a decision to turn it over.
0: Think about that thing you've been laboring with, you've been challenged with, that you've been dealing with, your kids, <laughs> you know, that the marriage, the job, the boss, health. No matter what it is, think about it right now. And let's simply do this. Say, so Jesus, we come to you. Jesus, we come to you right now. We come to you right now, and we receive your rest. Come on, say, I receive, I, receive I receive your rest. I receive your rest. So now, remembering who this Jesus is, the one who said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, so you've been doing this, and he has come and given you a break. He's coming to give you a hiatus. He's come and said, okay, you've, you've had some time away. The next word he says is take. Verse 23, let's take a look at that. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. So he says, take my yoke. So remember the one who has lovingly told you to come to him and he can handle it, is now saying to you to take something. So by faith, he's asking you to take his yoke. Now, what a yoke is, can you show me slide number one? The, the one with the white. Okay. This is a yoke. And today's Vernacular, we may call it a harness. And it's simply what it is, is something that goes around the neck and the shoulders, we're going to talk about, in, of an oxen, and it's used to harness, right, the power of who's ever in a yoke. So for this, what would happen is they would have this around the, the animal's neck and then... They would attach, you know, like chains and things to the plow. And then they would go and this, this hard ground. Remember, Pastor just talked about the four grounds, right? So this is compacted ground, right? And the, the animal would, because they're big and strong, right? And they would just pull the plow through the ground to break up the fertile ground. Okay. Well, Jesus says, take my yoke. So since he says, take my yoke, that means that there's other yokes out there. And I I dare say this, there's only two yokes. There's the yoke of the world, and there's the yoke of the kingdom of God. The yoke of the world wants to take your God-given dominion that he has given to every man and implement into his system, which results is to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's taking your God-given, he'll take someone's God-given ability and use it to fuel stealing, killing, and destroying. So it steals and kills and destroys that person. That person now becomes an accomplice in stealing, killing, and destroying others. And then because you've worked the system so great, your reward is eternal death. But Jesus says, take my yoke. Now... The yoke that Jesus is talking about is the yoke of the kingdom of God. And this yoke actually is a yoke which takes your God-given dominion and then it enters into the, the, the system that God created, which gives you life to the full till it overflows. Abundant life. So this, it takes the energy and it works this eternal life in you. The God kind of life in you. Then it turns around and says it, that eternal life works in the kingdom of God. And then it, it causes other people to have life to the full till it overflows. So you're an accomplice, you're an aide, you're a co-laborer with Jesus, Right? And giving people life to the full till it overflows. And because you've been so good, your eternal reward is what? Eternal life. But now, see, a lot of times when people hear eternal life, they're like, okay, all right. in a sweet by and by, but I'm going to struggle now. No, 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 no. Eternal life isn't for heaven. Eternal life means start now. Right now, life in every area, life in your spirit, life in your body, life in your, in, in your, uh, in your soul, life in your, in your family, life in your, in your finances, life, 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 life. God, Jesus, he is the life giver. So then when he says, take my yoke upon you, can I get slide two? Uh, the double, one, yeah. So what he's saying is this. He's saying, come and join me. See, a yoke doesn't only, can, uh, the yoke can also be multiple animals instead of just one. So what Jesus is saying is, not only am I telling you, am I telling you to take my yoke, but I, I want you to come in with me. But he's saying, I'm not going to put it on you. What I want you is, I want you to put it on yourself. I want you to put this yoke upon you, meaning let this service. Lord, I decide to serve you. So you put it and you come alongside Jesus. He says, and learn of me. See, when you're in a yoke, there is a dominant there's a dominant animal, all right? Meaning one who, who basically is calling the shots between the two, right? So this, the dominant animal basically is letting the other animal know what's going on. See, Jesus is the lead. Jesus is the dominant. So now when some people hear dominant, they're like, "Whoa, oh, hold on, hold on, now dominant. Ain't nobody gonna dominate me. Oh, hold on. No, 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 no. If you're thinking that, it's because you've seen, well, I'm going to say you, we, we've all, we've seen perverted domination. Now, it says in Genesis chapter 1 that God said to man, let him have dominion. Would God give something wicked or evil? Would God give something wicked or evil? No. It talks about God gives only good gifts. So, Jesus, yes, he's the dominant. But this is the pure and true dominant. He dominates sickness and disease, he's dominant over all his enemies. <laughs> See, this is what dominance is supposed to be. He said, and learn of me. In other words, walk with me. I remember my wife and I, we went um, horseback riding a long time ago. And uh, soon we were dating and we pull up to the place and the guy has given us the run through on, you know, okay, this is the horse. Come on, let you meet him, talk to him. And I'm like, come on, I just want to ride. I don't need instructions. I just want to ride. You know? So, so. The guy says, okay, and one of the last things he said, he says, now we're going to go on the train on the trail, but there's going to come a point when we're coming back and the horses is going to see the barn. He says, make sure you have a strong grass, a firm grass on the reins. He says, because what's going to happen is this. When the horses see the barn, they're going to bolt for the barn. Well, why is that? They're going to bolt for the barn. They're going to bolt take off for the barn because the barn is the place where they get fed, where they get to relax, where they get water, where everything is cool. So, here it is. I think I'm riding this. You know, I think I'm directing this horse. But the horse has been on the trail hundreds, maybe thousands of times. I Honestly, I probably wouldn't even have to hold the reins he would know the trail because he's been that way. He's been that way so many times. Well, that's what we're saying about Jesus. Jesus is the way. He knows the way through what you've been dealing with. He knows the way through that sickness and disease. He knows the way to heal that marriage. He knows the way to get that promotion. He knows the way to start that business. He knows the way. He knows the way. He knows the way because he is the way. Come on. Praise God. And it says, can I get through that rest of that verse up, please? Verse 29. And he says, For I am meek and lowly at heart. I'm meek and lowly. I'm teachable. I'm not puffed up. So if the Lord Jesus is is teachable and not puffed up, when we come alongside him on his yoke, what do we need to do? Because remember, Jesus is the perfect example. So we need to learn him. Oh, how you do it? Oh, you do it like this, Jesus? Okay. See, what happened was Moses, the children of Israel, they were out, they left Egypt, and they were, it was like three three million people, they were in the desert and they needed something to drink. And now they're like, oh, Lord, you brought us out here. Lord, you brought us out here so we could die. Oh God, you know. And they murmur and complain, all this. So Moses goes to God, right? I can't do nothing we're in the desert. So God tells Moses, he says, hey, take that that staff. You know, the same one, you reached it up and then the water split and you can walk on dry ground. He said, take that one and strike the rock. So Moses goes and he strikes the rock, bam, and water gushes out. Woo! Awesome. Now, it happens again another time. And they need water and they're murmuring and complaining. And God speaks to Moses and tells them, he said, Moses, speak to the rock. The reason why God tells Moses to speak to the rock is because he he doesn't want them to trust in a rod, because everyone doesn't have the rod, but everyone can have the word. So Moses gets so upset, he gets furieded. You know, he forgot his position; he wasn't the dominant one. And in his anger, he he said, "You rebels!" And then he strike the rock. Bam! 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 <laughs> have you ever been angry and did something? that's what Moses did now God was still good and caused water to flow out to give nourishment and relief to all the people of Israel and and the animals but Moses couldn't go forward from there well why do I bring that up God has spoke to us before about some things and he's given us an answer and we've done that answer and it worked and then something else comes up or that thing comes back and we're like oh I know what to do Oh, I know what to do. But this word, come, when Jesus said in verse 28, come to me, that wasn't a one-time thing. He's saying, come to me always. Come to me always. Come to me always. Because you can't move it. You can't move it. He says, verse, uh, verse 30, Oh, a, and you shall find rest for your souls right and then for my yoke thank you verse 30 I appreciate that for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light so what winds up happening remember Jesus says take my yoke upon me meaning that you lined up with him and then this your assignment to move was and you couldn't do it on your, of yourself of your own strength
1: you
0: see what I'm saying? Now, in Jesus, now, he says, what? For my yoke is easy and my burden's light. Woo! For my yoke is easy and my burden's light. Thank you. Easy means comfortable, it means pleasurable, it means delightful. It doesn't mean that you're, there won't be effort that you have to put out. But what is said, is going to be comfortable. Because you're with the master. Because you're with Jesus. And not only does he team up with you, but then he gives you the Holy Spirit, which quickens you. <laughs> So now it's not just you and Jesus, but it's you, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.